listening to Bossy Britches with Lisa Schinninger and Julia Dumay. And this week, we're going to be, you're going to have to imagine special gowns on us because <laughs> we're doing our uh, our special Bossy's Awards show um, in honor of the Oscars. That's we're right. going to be talking about our favorite things of 2014 and um, what we feel has deserved is getting recognition it deserves or is not and um the things that uh you won't see on the oscars also you will see our our tributes <laughs> to the things that the academy neglects and they neglect so much they do they do um and so i guess just picture us in those crazy gowns some jupiter ascending gowns yeah basically my headpiece is astonishing Yes, yes. I'm in I'm in that purple dress that yes. <laughs> I've got the big tree like it looks like a bonsai tree made out of glitter on my head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Bees everywhere. Bees everywhere. <laughs> Bees everywhere. <laughs> right. Sad bee dad is my escort tonight. Sorry, Jules. I got to Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you. Scene B. God damn it. That's all right, because we're going to get married. So that's fine. Yeah. You can have this one. Okay. All right. You you can have this one. Are you going to get married with a bunch of Sims, like for witnesses, (laughs) and have your rings tattooed on you? Okay. Obviously. (laughs) My glowing tattoo ring with, uh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be gorgeous. With bees on it. That's going to be, It's going to be, yes. That's going to be a good time gonna yes i have a dress i'll pick all right my steve mcqueen dress a crazy (laughs) steve mcqueen gown all right so everybody put that on your calendar save that date yep Yep. i'll let you all know how it is being stepmom to a uh sad b teenager (laughs) as well gonna be her stepmom yeah we're we're gonna be all right we'll make it work yeah i have i have every confidence you guys can make it work thank you you know it's not how i expected to become a parent <laughs> if i ever was going to but it's yeah. we'll make it work you never we really make expect it work. the half b stepchild the, you know you don't expect you never expect your half b stepchild right. but yeah. you learn to love each other That's right there's a bond yes there's a bond there um yes yeah, so i guess what do we want to start off with with the well i think you can already guess what we're going to be saying is the best of 2015 yeah, our preview of next preview. year's show <laughs> little preview of next year's show um and uh i guess we can start with the actual best stuff what was maybe what was our favorite or what we feel deserves more recognition than it's getting or something that is rightly getting lots of recognition. Um, if they're, if the Academy's done something right, then we'll, we'll give them big ups on that. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they'll actually get right. Cause, uh, you know, I very rarely agree with what they, what they pick. Yeah. Cause well. the Academy is so far outside of what I am. So it's oh, like, God, it's much yes. older and, um, <laughs> more men than i am mailer it's a i'm lot not very mailer. many men so no we are not <laughs> many men um, we are we are single white women yeah not uh many white men right so i think um best movie i have no idea what it's gonna go to but i think for my money it would be the lego movie if they didn't have that animated category anymore i think that's yes. hands down uh, that was going to be the best time. That was going to be my pick as well. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted because okay. I'm just so excited about <laughs> about how great the Lego movie yeah. is. Well, and I think it's not going to get. I I don't know. Like, um, it doesn't get the recognition that it should get because it was really an achievement. Like, it was. 
just great. Yeah. I'm done. You That's know, it, it the, just <laughs> shows over. Yep. That's best picture. There you go. Bring up the fan. We can all We're go all done. Home. Everybody go home. We're all done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, that was, oh, and I'm sort of, I guess, didn't they start the best animation category after Beauty and the Beast won because they were like, Probably everyone. I I feel like that's how it went. Everybody was mad that Beauty and the Beast won, and so they started a new Best Animated Picture category. Oh, I, I think that's that. how it went. Let me. I'll I'll ask Google, but I believe everybody was mad. I imagine everybody was just sort of like yeah. mad and pouting. Well, and, and I I know people were always upset that like um, animated movies were considered against like Oscar bait. Um, yeah. So yeah, like it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to compete with uh, the prestige actors going for the prestige handicap roles. Um, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> like the saddest moments of human history with a, a thrilling score. Like you're never really going to be able to compete with that if you're like an yeah. animated, like Technicolor spectacle. Um, but yeah, I think the Lego Movie was really good. Like from a, like a story standpoint. Um, it was really great. It was entertaining. Uh, representatively, it was not that great. I think there were, like, was there only one female character? Two female characters? Um, mm. And they didn't really do much. And, you know, it's a Lego movie, so there isn't much, like, um, racial diversity represented. <laughs> but, like, it was a fun movie. It was, like, an audience pleaser, and critics really liked it. Um, and if the Academy could get the stick out of its butt, I think they probably would have recognized it for something. Um, I would also like to share, that brings us to my my special award for the year, my Best Performance by Liam Neeson's Mm -hmm. award, um, which, you know, it was tough for me because his his, uh, bit that he did with Key and Peele, the sketch he did with Key and Peele was amazing. But for me, it's, it's... Gotta go to the Lego movie. Okay. Liam, best performance by Liam Neeson's goes to Liam Neeson's in the Lego movie. Okay, I think that's an excellent choice. I think I yes. I would have to agree with that one. Um, I gotta go with that. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough, but it that's, is tough. That's where he turns it goes. in so many good performances, but he does. I think I think you're right. I think in all of 2014, it was definitely it's got to be bad Liam cop. Neeson's in, in the Liam Lego Neeson movie. as as bad cop in the Lego movie. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Best TV series of 2014? Oh, wow. That was, that's tough. That was a rough year. And it's like, it's hard to think back and like remember what actually came out. So much came out and just disappeared immediately. Yeah. Um, I think I would say, uh, Jane the Virgin. Oh. I think would be the best TV series of 2014. Um, and it's still ongoing, but I think that was. One of the most surprising debuts, um, it turned out to be just a really, like, the title is just terrible, which we talked about before. <laughs> um, but it turned out to be a really, like, a heartwarming, really warm and, uh, and inviting show. Um, and it's not afraid to, like, tackle, like, big issue kind of things, but not in, mm. like, a very special episode kind of way. It's baked into the plot. Um, but it tackles things like, um, immigration and, um, like uh being latina in a predominantly white community and um being pregnant as a catholic and unmarried <laughs> um uh all kinds of things and then there's like the darker like the the novella kind of stuff the um the drug dealing and the murders and things like that so it really just ties everything together really well and um 
It's just really cute. And I love it. So that's my, that's my pick for 2014. Nice. Mine would probably be Penny Dreadful. Um, I haven't talked about it in a no, while. No, it's been a while. I'd like to say thank you. I'm very proud <laughs> of myself. It's a return to, to Penny Dreadful, which was just, it's what I want. It is, it's what I miss about uh, True Blood, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and True Blood was only kind of like what I get from Penny Dreadful for the first couple of seasons, I feel like. Um, but Penny Dreadful is just, it's, it's what a, it's true blood at its best with like ridiculous costumes of Downton Abbey, basically. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know what else you need to be sold on it, but it's, it's trashy and it's fun and it's got a lot of great, like, funny character moments some wonderful like characters and everybody's just giving it their all acting wise they are just committed um they are chewing that scenery awesome. up and, and welcome back to josh hartnett whom i feel like i haven't heard from since i was in like high school yeah it's been a long time uh, yeah so he's back and he's on tv and he's a lot of fun um and timothy dalton is amazing on this show he and ava green are just incredible so uh if you need a good something to curl up with on a weekend with some wine and some trashy tv go for it go for penny dreadful awesome um so that actually i that kind of ties into um one of my special categories which is um best high concept media that fell apart on closer examination Oh, gosh. Um, and it's actually a tie for 2014. It was True Detective and Interstellar. Um, huh. Both of so, which, the first time... Let's, yeah, True let's Detective. Let's give it to... Let's bring Matthew McConaughey up here. Yeah, um, to accept and give the special him, award. Um, to give him the special award. Right. He really gave it his all this year. I think he really went all out. Um, and he I, did. Definitely deserving of this. Uh, both of those... Uh, both of those, True Detective and Interstellar, were... On the surface, like on first viewing, really just excellent, like high quality, really compelling work. Um, but on rewatches and like as you sit around and talk to people about them and think about things and you're kind of like, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second here. Uh, I don't I don't know about this so much anymore. Um, so like it'll be exciting to see True Detective season two coming back um, later this year, or early next year. Um, to see if it will, you know, carry the category again for next year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So best high concept media that fell apart on closer examination. True Detective well and Interstellar. I think they really just well knocked done. it right out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. White men having feelings yeah. about things. White men being deep. Trying to be deep. Yep. Thinking that they're being deep. Surface level depth. <laughs> Surface level depth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What about? Let's see. Moving on from TVs. Let's keep this award show moving along. Music. I didn't really do much music-wise this year. I feel like I'm really bad at finding new music these days. Uh-huh. Um, I admit, like streaming music has been kind of great. Uh, sometimes I find new things new to me things but generally they're like i said more new to me than new period um 
I've only just started like, cause I'm like, this is getting embarrassing. I need to start listening to, I've started listening to Spotify's like new music Tuesday uh-huh. mix just because it's the only way I find out like what's on the radio these days. <laughs> I just, I'm like, what are the kids listening to these days? What are the kids I'm listening to these gonna days? Gonna be hip with the kids. Yeah. Cause I'm like, honestly, my favorite of the last couple years is Lord probably okay Um, my favorite new artist she wasn't last year but i she's probably my favorite of the last couple years um who's emerged um and i guess big ups to beyonce Mm -hmm. who had her surprise album i was gonna say wasn't it december 2013 or january 2014 or something like that close enough yeah i think it was i think it was in 2014 and i'm gonna have to give that beyonce the self-titled album best album of the year because uh we have kanye here tonight and we don't want him to rush the stage so we're gonna have to give that one to beyonce thumbs up kanye Um, it's all right yeah you can just stay seated where you are and all right just give this award to her i think even if she doesn't have an album out i think she should just win it every year to avoid it awkward okay. moments um yeah and she it's works, okay kanye she works really hard and it's she puts out a lot of good yeah. stuff so we'll just keep giving that to her yeah 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 well done beyonce yeah. and yes kanye's yeah. kanye's giving us a thumbs okay, up good. he says he's all not right. gonna come up okay. he says that's all right good. all right good it is good. a comfy season so yeah you know he's yeah he's enjoying his seat i gave him gave him a drink so he's doing all right good all right um so uh best book of the year i that was really hard to come up with best book of the year uh i read a lot last year um Mm -hmm. i sort of made it a point to read a lot um because it's been something that just keeps slipping farther and farther down on the list of things to do um but i think that the book that i'm going to give it to is actually uh roxanne gay's essay collection bad feminist oh um, which collected a lot of essays that had been published elsewhere, but um, a lot of them were new to me for the first time uh, when collected. And uh, it's just, she, like, I don't even know how to say it. She just thinks so deeply about things and, like, new perspectives that I hadn't considered before. Um, and it was, I found it to be a really thoughtful collection, but also funny. Um, I think she's mm. sort of unparalleled when it comes to... Um, like not just examinations of like current events and pop culture, but also like personal stuff. Um, I think she kind of opens herself up, uh, which, you know, like, I think you need that in a writer, especially when they're tackling big issues. Um, Cause you don't want somebody who's just sitting there preaching to you all the time. Like you want somebody who's not afraid to admit that they struggle with things as well. Um, so that's my, my pick for best book of the year is bad feminist by Roxanne Gay. That's tough. That's a tough one for me because I, I read a fair bit. Um, but it's generally not again, like new stuff. Like I'll generally hear about books eventually, but I'm kind of like, Oh, I'll finally get to them like at best two or three right. years after they yeah. came out. Um, but I would like to call out one I would like to bring attention to is the latest entry in Mo Willems's magnificent uh, picture book series, The Pigeon. The Pigeon books. Uh, the Pigeon is this character. There's a fantastic quote from a New York Times review, I think, of it that says, I can't exactly remember the phrasing, but it goes, The Pigeon is 
whiny, manipulative, <laughs> short-sighted, narcissistic. In short, the pigeon is the average four-year-old. <laughs> um, and I, it's really fun. These are fun books in general, and they have these great minimal, uh, minimalistic illustrations. And um, it's just, it's a lot of fun reading it in general, but also reading it to a child. Uh, I had the experience when I was working at Barnes and Noble, I got the experience of reading one, doing story time and reading it. And the kids get really excited because basically the pigeon spends the entire book trying to get you to let him do something. <laughs> um, in the pigeon finds a hot dog, he finds a hot dog and he doesn't want to share it with a duckling. Um, and in... There's the don't let the pigeon stay up late where he wants to stay up past his bedtime. And he is like, well, there's a documentary about birds on. We should watch that. It would be <laughs> educational. And he will come up with all these excuses. And kids love it because they get to be the ones yelling, no, no, at the pigeon. Um, instead of being the ones asking, can I do this? And being told, no, you can't. Um, so it's a lot of fun for kids to read. And in 2014, the, uh, the new pigeon book, The Pigeon Needs a Bath was released. Um, so I, if you have small children, if there are any small children in your life, they're great gifts. Honestly, though, they're great for adults too. I just find it really, they're just really funny, charming books. Uh, so that's my pick. My my complete opposite end of the spectrum All right. from your your uh, interesting, thoughtful, insightful <laughs> essay book. No, I think that's really interesting and, and, and insightful. Um, but something that a lot of people don't get right is like that, like childhood um, behavior. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's a hard thing to capture. Um, and that sounds yeah. that sounds perfect. And on TV a lot, too. There's sort of this idea that children's books don't really have much in the way of story or characterization uh -huh. or plot. And they really do. You know, that's a complete misunderstanding, I think, because the best ones are just can be incredibly funny or moving or and have very strong characters. Um I also recommend, this is not last year's, but I would also recommend I Want My Hat Back, which is, takes kind of a hilariously dark turn at the end, is about a bear who has lost his hat, um, <laughs> and takes sort of an unexpected turn at the end that is also completely satisfying. Um, you just, as an adult, you're kind of like, whoa, that, that went in a direction I didn't expect. Um, I don't want to spoil the twist for okay. anybody, but, uh, it's fantastic. So yes, if you need picture book recommendations, I, I can help you out with that. Well, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, well, what was our next category? Oh, let's see. This is the interlude where everybody's drunk. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody go get drunk. Go have a drink. I'm having a glass of champagne as we record this. Just to go with the mood. Uh, let's see. Games. What about games? Yeah. This was a big year for me because I, you know, and I said this during tweet on my Twitter. I was tweeting, um... My first of many playthroughs of Dragon Age Inquisition. You know, I, it's pretty much as we're recording this, it's almost a year ago that I basically played a video game for the first time since middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and even then I was never big on them because I, I don't know, I got overwhelmed too easily and it was just too frustrating. 
Uh, and my mom bugged. My mom got me into them, <laughs> which is delightful. Um, my mom was the one who bugged me and was like, "No, you have to play Mass Effect. You have to play Mass Effect. You'll love it. It's so good. You have to try it." Um, and finally, she actually sat me down and made me start playing it, and put. She just sat me on the couch and put the controller in my hand and made me start. Um, and I have not looked back. So my special award would be to the uh, the developer that has completely taken over my life. We go to Bioware, uh, who are responsible for both Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Um, so congratulations, Bioware. You now own, like, part of my soul, I think. Well, that's what they're going um, for, I'm pretty sure. I, basically, I, and like I, I said on Twitter, you know, there's this one mission in Dragon Age Inquisition that hits several of, like, my biggest narrative buttons. Um, there's not, I don't want to spoil it too much, but you end up, uh, traveling you end up sent through time to a year in the future to this like horrific dark future. And so make sure this future never happens is one of my favorite like narrative. Yes. Like plots. Avoid the darkest um, timeline. That's awesome. Yes. Avoid the darkest timeline. And then you have like a couple of your, your party are like trapped in this prison where you find them and they end up having to, you end up having to fight off this like horde as your mage is trying to undo the spell to do the spell that will send you back in time to the right uh the right moment and the rest of your party in this darkest timeline basically say well we're dead already uh. so we'll hold them off so i'll hold them off is also one of my biggest buttons um so as i said on twitter i went in the space of like nine months or less i went from yeah okay video games i've heard of those those are a thing (laughs) to i'm not crying at a video game you're crying at a video game so i was literally just openly weeping at this because it was such a big so such a collision of so many of my favorite tropes and the ones that just get me right in the heart um, so yeah, well done, Bioware. Thanks for that. Well, that leads into another one of my special categories. Um, best game that I'm obsessed with and haven't actually played yet, which would be Dragon <laughs> Age. Yes, nice. Um, Excellent. Because of the recommendations that you've given it, another one of my friends, um, I'm completely obsessed with it and I haven't. Oh, good. I haven't put hand to controller yet for it, Excellent. but um, I'm really God, looking forward wait. to the quarter being over so I can dive in i'm gonna start with uh, dragon age 2 um good, good. so yeah bioware already owns me as well like they have this they're hooks in my soul and i, I don't know how to get them out um, oh i can't wait gotta, we're gonna have to have through. a whole episode yeah we're gonna have to have an episode where lisa jules talk bioware talk dragon age i think that's a great idea that's a great idea we already did one but we're gonna do it again <laughs> we'll never stop talking about dragon age always wait till you play mass effect too oh yeah because that's that's in space so yeah i'm yeah it's all that's, downhill that's a from close here. second that's a that was you a... should run while you can <laughs> is what i'm saying okay i'll hold them off it's too late for me it's too late for me but there's still hope for you i don't think there's much hope i just don't i don't think there's much hope left <laughs> i'll hold them off um so i what was I going to say? Oh, um, 
I don't know if I don't know if you have a favorite for 2014. Um, do you have a best podcast? Oh, my favorite podcasts are sort of. I've got a bunch that I follow anyway, um, and so I guess this is a good place for some recommendations. Actually, um, my two two podcasts I really enjoy. I think I've discussed a little before the Space Boffins podcast, uh-huh. um, which is really fun. I it's really interesting. They always have some interesting people to talk to and I learn a lot um so I recommend that and I really enjoy there's this fantastic podcast called answer me this uh which is hosted by a couple of uh a writer or a British uh tv personality radio host Uh um and a uh comedian general comic um and uh edited by one of their the host's spouse, actually, who also makes appearances and is a physicist, a um, an astrophysicist, oh, wow. and uh, just edits the podcast, does the sound editing in his in his spare time, and also does music. You can buy his albums. He's a cool little musician. Um, so, and they just people write in asking for advice, and they or asking for information, trying to learn things, and they answer questions um, as they come. So. Definitely, they're just, my favorite kinds of podcasts are the ones where it's a couple people I like talking about things I'm interested in. Like, people I feel like I could be friends with and we could be sitting in the room having this conversation together. Um, And that's a great one for that, if you like that kind of podcast. Which, hopefully, if you're listening to us, you do. Yeah. So, if you want something to supplement, something that I'm trying to be whenever... Whenever I I put on my headset, I am like aspiring to answer me this. All right, I'll have to. I haven't heard that one yet, so I'll have to check that one out. Space Boffins, I started listening to on your recommendation, and I love it. Oh, it's so um, great! I've actually it's so I've got great. one for 2014, but only if you define 2014 kind of like the long 19th century, where it doesn't <laughs> actually start on January 1st and end on December 31st. Um, uh, a new podcast that I discovered that I'm absolutely in love with is Ben Franklin's World. Um, oh. I think Liz Covart is the host and what she does is every week she talks to an expert, a historian, um, Ooh. who works in, um, subjects that are related to, um, oh. the like 18th yeah, century late 18th and... century. Um, oh, cool. so things that would have been contemporary to Ben Franklin's lifetime. Um, oh, and fantastic. It's, it's really fantastic. The one I just listened to, I'm trying to think, I just listened to it in the car the other day was, um about um circumnavigation so um it would have been in the years leading up to ben franklin's life and then sort of um because he traveled a lot across the atlantic to england and to france and um, oh yeah so it was really interesting to hear about first of all that they like remind you that the idea that columbus was the first one to think that the the world was round um it was a, malarkey. Yeah, it's a lie. Nineteenth century fiction. Um, yes. So, like, people actually through all of history knew that the world was round. Yeah, <laughs> the flat earth. The reason nobody took the reason nobody took Columbus seriously was that he thought it was you could go right to India. That everybody was concerned that his measurements had the world as too small. Right, and they were right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. They were completely right. Columbus completely miscalculated yes. and had the wrong size for the Earth. Yeah. 
So that's really interesting. Ben Franklin's World, I think, is probably my best find of 2014. There were a lot of um, really great Ooh. podcasts that I started All listening right. to that year. But um, then I think the most engrossing podcast and also the one I feel the grossest about <laughs> um, is was Serial, uh, the first season of Serial. Um, ah, yes. It came out of This American Life. And it. I think we all were completely obsessed with it. I know we were because it was like the highest downloaded podcast ever. Um, yeah. And it seemed like everyone was talking about it and uh, mainstream media was talking about it and still is. Um, but I think now looking back on it, I'm just kind of disgusted with myself for following along mm. with it the way that I did. Um, mm. Cause I, I think a lot of the things we talked about uh, when we talked about it here on the podcast was um, just like you lose sight of the real world, the real world consequences of it. And I think yeah. afterward, um, a lot of the people who didn't want to talk to go on the record for the podcast um, actually came out and talked to uh, reporters and things afterward and kind of drove home, like, my grossness about it. I just... Yeah, the tourism yeah. aspect of yeah. it. It's a little... Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Serial, that's the most engrossing and the grossest of 2014 yeah. for me. I'll, I'll, I'll agree on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about sequels? Okay. <laughs> sequels. There were so many. I, for so me, many. probably, I admit, I, as we've said, I don't go to many, many movies in the first place. But, um, my favorite, the best for me was probably, uh, Mockingjay mm -hmm. Part 1. Um, that was probably, I think it worked the best. Uh, it was, it was, I thought that was excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon 2. I've heard that's quite a good follow-up. So we'll say that was a strong contender just because, but as we haven't seen it, it's out of the running. Okay. All right. Um, I am hesitant to apply the term best to anything because I think, yeah, like, um, back in the day, episode one, Star Wars episode one came out and mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a little bit of time and reflection and I realized that was absolutely the, <laughs> the worst that sequel not... I've ever seen. Oh um, dear. Like I've seen like straight to video horror movie sequels that were better than <laughs> episode one. Um, so I'm going to go for my the most necessary sequel and the most unnecessary sequel of 2014. <laughs> Um, I think the most unnecessary sequel of 2014 was Anchorman 2, and audiences, I believe, agreed with me. Um, I, yeah. I don't think it did anything. I actually, I did kind of enjoy did it. Did you? Um, it was a little long, I thought. I um, just I thought like, it, it could have been a little tighter. Yeah, and I just um, felt like it was so much of the same thing again. Like, Yeah, I will agree. You know, I mean... That's sort of, if you like it, then more of it's fine. If yeah. it's more of the same, which if you like it is a good thing, and if you don't, is not. Like you said, from that, I will agree with unnecessary from that perspective. And like I said, I, I felt like it went on a little, yeah. dragged a little. I thought it could have been cut. Um, at least I thought they could have cut a bit out of it. Um, and again, we have a, uh, a Liam Neeson appearance. That was also right. a strong contender. That Liam is... Neeson's cameo in Anchorman 2 as the host of the History Channel News <laughs> think... with the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. I think that might actually, I think, well, if you can, if you considered Liam Neeson's and Stone and the ghost of Stonewall Jackson as a duo, 
I think that would win best Liam Neeson's performance. Best Liam Neeson's. Yeah, All right. I I think I still got to go with Lego Movie. Uh, I, I think a strong contender. Yeah, but I think you've made yeah. the right choice there. I really do. Because still got to go with Lego Movie. You can't always depend on the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. You know, Liam Neeson no. really has to pull his own weight. And, he does. No. He does. And there just isn't enough there yeah. for him to work from. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were amazing in that scene yeah, as well, I, I think those two win the best cameo of the year. Absolutely. Um, for they... <laughs> their appearance in Anchorman 2. Um, and in that, that's the only way in which I would consider that a necessary sequel. Was <laughs> the Anchorman, or the, the news team rumble. Um, the Battle Royale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think and Werewolf Harrison Ford. More sequels should have rumbles. Like, Really? Yes. Like, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then the most necessary sequel, I think, of the year was 22 Jump Street. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, because it did the thing where it lampshaded the, oh, this is exactly the same as the last time. All right. Um, and that became like an actual part of the, the plot was <laughs> that, um, everyone wanted it to be exactly the same as the last time and it couldn't possibly be because it was a different huh. situation. Um, and also I just, I just enjoy so much just how idiotic that move, those movies are. Um, just totally right. unashamed of being just stupid and I love it. All right. Um, I respect it. also it's a great opportunity for some cameos, um, from the 21 Jump Street folks. Uh, nice. And at the end, the, at the credits, when the credits roll, it's actually sneak previews of like, <laughs> 23 through 21 21 jump street so all of the upcoming sequels that's great where they go to increasingly weird um situations so the first one was high school the second one was college the third one is some other kind of a school and then keeps going there's fireman school there's culinary school (laughs) is there hogwarts is there what is there Hogwarts? No, there was no Hogwarts. Oh, um, there probably a is a wizard academy in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, so even if they don't make any more sequels to the Jump Streets, you can watch the credit sequence and pretend that they did. All right. Um, so that was the most necessary sequel, I think, because it, it was a whole That's franchise helpful. in one. Nice. Uh, I would like to return for a moment to TV, okay. which is um, the... Supernatural Memorial Award for shows that I finally gave up on. Okay. Uh, and again, Supernatural is, is still going technically and it's going to have yet another season. <laughs> I think they're coming up. It's going to be their 11th season yeah. next year. And, uh, it, it just, it just keeps on going. Um, and I, I think, you know, but I, I gave up on it. So it's it's the Supernatural Memorial Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will probably, I think I have to give that to Game of Thrones. Okay. Which I I watched up until uh, Joffrey's death. And then I was like, you know, that was probably the most satisfying I'm going to get. And the show just, the books I'll probably read the rest of. And I oh, may yeah. catch up on the show at some point. But the the show just... Yeah. It just keeps going and it just keeps <laughs> doing its thing and it just oh gosh, it just gets so I mean the books you know, I wouldn't call them feminist, but they're doing things intentionally. Yeah. Um to point out like 
this universe is really shitty for women. It sucks to be anyone who is not like a rich man in this universe. And even then your life is is not going to be all sunshine and roses. Right. Uh, it may be slightly less terrible than if you're a peasant or a woman, but it's still not great. Um, it's just Hobbes all over. Um, and it just, but the show just throws out like any interesting things that the books are trying to right. do. I feel like, like it's, um, it's like, it's like the guys that, that are adapting the books into the show like completely missed on all of the nuance of the book yeah yeah Um, and in the first season i feel like there was some potential in the first season or two there were hints of it um and bless the actors they just gave it their all you know and i i love the cast i love a lot of the actors in the show but it just i can't do it anymore yeah and i I did the same thing i did the same thing uh joffrey's death um episode was it was not the one where he died but the one after um i think that was mine too yeah where the show the show made an interpretation choice um in the scene between um uh cersei and jamie lannister that was completely contrary to how i read the books and i try not to be a book snob but that was just such an egregious change that i couldn't yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. Was, It'll be interesting yeah. to see how many people, how, like, how people come back to it. Um, cause I, like, obviously I kind of am in an echo chamber a little bit when it comes to that kind <laughs> of stuff, but I felt like there was really kind of a, a shift, um, mm. like a, a reception shift in towards the show, like with, with that change. Um, I feel like, and I've said this sort of from the beginning, I feel like this show is trying, it thinks it's Sopranos, uh-huh. and it's actually True Blood. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It, you know, it thinks, but it's trying, and it thinks they, people seem to think, and a lot of people, a lot of the public for a while seemed to think it was like Sopranos. Yeah. That it was like, you know, this quality level prestige and it's drama, not it's quality just, show and it isn't it's just it's, a tits it, and ass delivery system it is and that could have been fine but it how seriously it gets taken and is i don't know it just sort of leaves a bad taste in my mouth how seriously everyone takes the show and how seriously the show takes itself yeah um, again, if you want that, if you want a more honest version of that, again, another plug for Penny Dreadful. Okay. Uh, which is, it knows that it is trashy fun. It knows that it's trash. And surprisingly, it is somehow a lot better on women than Game of Thrones is, despite being trashy fun on Showtime. It's still, I, I think I've said before, but, uh, I believe the only nudity we get in the first episode is male, mm-hmm. including during sex scenes. Um, we only get like male nudity. We get a male butt during a sex scene. That's so weird. Um, yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> it was, I just didn't know what to do with it in the first episode. I was, and it, it, I was trying to figure out part of why I liked it so much. And I put, I finally put my finger on that on like my third viewing of the, the pilot. And I was like, that's so weird. I don't know what to do with myself about that. I don't know what to do with the fact that this is a trashy show on Showtime without a lot of exploitation of 
women's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, they do at least as much male nudity. I I think more male nudity than female nudity. That's um, so interesting. More... That's not that's yeah. something you never see on cable. Yeah, yeah. It was just it's it's great. It's a good palate cleanser for Game of Thrones. So. Okay. When you quit Game of Thrones, go to that's that's another award for Penny Dreadful, the best Game of Thrones palate cleanser. <laughs> okay, um, I'm actually going to turn it back to movies real quick. Um, All right, I have an honorary recipient to 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 name here. Um, it's uh, this this award is for the long the, the longest. <laughs> Can you talk? This award is for the longest fart noise I made in my head every time I saw the trailer, oh. and it goes to The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. All right. Which I think I saw attached to every single movie I saw in the second half of 2014. Oh, jeez. And the only bright spot of the trailer is they play a Rolling Stones song, which makes you think that it's going to be a Scorsese movie, and it is, I don't believe that it is. Um, and the, it's the gambler with Mark Wahlberg where he plays some kind of a professor who's having some sort of a crisis. Oh, yeah. And s- okay. sleeping, we're about to start sleeping with a student. So it's basically okay. Hollywood option to tweet from guy in your MFA. <laughs> um, oh, see, I didn't think I had seen any trailers, but now that I'm reading like the description, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. I remember he's those. got, he's got the longest hair you've seen him with in years and, uh, he's an out of control gambler and I just don't care. Like I could not, the whole, every time the trailer was on, it was just this long, just fart noise in my Ugh. head. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in previous years, um, that award had gone to, um, a lot of really well-deserving movies, but I think the gambler kind of really kicked it up a notch, I think. Oh, stepped it up. Yeah. All right. That's the next level. Yeah. That's next year's contender is going to have a hell of a fight. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2015 has to bring for that. Oh boy. I, I bet we're going to be, I bet there's going to be lots to choose from. <laughs> oh, also another recommendation I would like to back up, uh, back up a moment for the, this is my award. Uh, we're going to call it a double. A double award for 2015, the 2015 Game of Thrones palette cleanser. Uh, I'm going to put in another plug for Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. So if you want Sean Bean as a sad dad, then go see, go see that. Yeah. Lisa's date. Same accent even. Show. His actual yes, accent. Yes, that's true. They let him keep his accent. One of my friends emailed me and was like, I couldn't understand a word Sean <laughs> Bean was saying in that movie. I was like, yeah, it's nice they let him keep his accent, but uh, yeah, that was that was something. It was really thick. Yeah, and I'm like, I've had years of being a a sad fangirl of Sean Bean mm-hmm. to to learn to interpret that his Yorkshire accent. But uh, yeah, it's tough going if you're new to it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, right. I think that's a really good contender. I don't think anything's going to be able to top it. Honestly. Oh, I doubt it. We'll have to read. I I don't. Yeah, I don't know that anything is going to top it ever. Personally. Yeah. I yeah, we're watch out, listeners, because you're gonna get a Jupiter ascending episode at some point. Yes. You've had your short, you've had a taste of it, but uh there's a very real chance you're gonna get a full length episode at some point. Yeah, if you were hoping we would shut up about it at any point, we won't. I think you are I don't think you're gonna nope. get that. I think I think nope. you're just gonna have to deal with it. Cause nope. We just 
have not been able to shut up about it since. So no, I went and saw it again yesterday. Did you? It was great. I took yes, I took my my mom and my brother to see it. I made my mom see it. I was like, "Mom, you'll like it." She was like, "It looks weird." I was like, "I know, but you'll like it." It's already and she did. the winner of the only movie I will I want to see in three D in twenty fifteen. Um, nice. Well, it's the only yeah. contender so far, but yeah, it's the the only movie I've seen uh repeatedly in theaters uh in a long time yeah same here it's been a long time since i've seen a movie twice more than once in a movie theater and i may need to go a third time yeah i I paid twice like i paid real money that i earned at a job to go and see it twice already yeah 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 that's right so i'm gonna note that one down for our category for 2015 we'll see that's our note for 2015 Um, looking ahead yeah and i have another movie that i want to recognize in 2014 um for best achievement in following the wrong hero Um, oh good and that's edge of tomorrow which for some reason decided that tom cruise was the hero of the movie that we had to follow instead of emily blunt who i thought played a much more interesting character although tom cruise did for the first time i can ever remember uh play a coward who huh. progressed into becoming um, a hero, which was right. really interesting and I think worthy of, of noting. But uh, the real hero of the movie is Emily Blunt's character, Rita Vitasky, who is the uh, Angel of Verdun. She's um, a soldier. She's already done the uh, the thing that happens to Tom Cruise in the movie, who's Tom Cruise. I can't oh. even remember his character's name, which further cements this fact that he should not have been the hero. Um <laughs> And when I walked out of the movie, at the, it's a good movie. And when I walked out at the end, I had really enjoyed it. But I was also like, but wait, why did we stop paying any attention to Emily Blunt? Like, oh, she should have been the hero. Like, her arc was set up for her to be uh, the hero of the movie. I feel like I feel like I, I'm sure I have an award for that. But uh, there's always so many. Yeah. Where I'm like, I want that character story instead gosh i i don't know if i can choose off the top of my head it's a tough who, one who would win that that for me yeah i don't know i'm gonna go with you on that one i haven't seen it but i i'm not prepared i haven't voted i haven't watched all the uh the movies in that category You're one of yet. those there are academy just so many voters, of them i am okay. i well i there's so many to choose yeah from. i don't know well and our screeners got lost in the mail I think they, they did. forgot to send us a bunch. So they did. To, yeah. They we were left off. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't get the lobbying and the little, like. Yeah. yeah. You know. All right. Um, well. So I mentioned a Twitter account earlier. Oh, yes. Uh, the guy in your MFA. That would actually yes. be my pick for best Twitter account of 2014. Um, oh, if you gosh. haven't read it, it is. Um, well, I want to call it a delight, but it is not really because it's horrible. It's um, not a delight in the fun way. Yeah, it's a... It's the cringe of recognition delight. A guy in your MFA, it's um, basically tweets as though they are from the guy in your MFA who has... Oh, gosh. Um, who has such great insights about what constitutes literature. Oh, gosh. Um, and so I'm just going to read for you real quick one of the most recent ones um, just from about two days ago. It's her breasts swollen and heavy with milk undulated before me. The manifestation <laughs> of a biblical temptation. Oh, God. And it just it just goes on and on in that vein. Um, it's... <laughs> um. 
as it it's so realistic like it's sometimes not sometimes not funny because you've actually heard this before oh um, yeah but it's a parody account and really worth following i think if you are into any kind of writing or reading um or uh douchey 20 something guys <laughs> who think that they're the great next american novelist oh gosh yeah uh I don't know what my favorite Twitter would be for what my best Twitter of, of 20, 2014 would be. That's a tough one. I think one of my favorites, um, probably my favorite celebrity Twitter. Oh, no, wait. Actually, uh, sorry, I keep thinking. I'm like, oh, wait, that one. Oh, but that one. Um, probably my, my best celebrity Twitter would be, uh, Dr. Ruth. Okay. I have to say, she would probably be my pick for best celebrity Twitter. Uh, just so funny, um, and so fun and positive and delightful. Um, let's see, a sampling of her recent tweets. Uh, she has a Twitter. If you try a new position for Valentine's Day, let me know how it went. And then her follow up to that is, I might have added something to that last tweet, but it was at exactly 69 characters. So, like, all right. Good for you, Dr. Ruth. That's um, fantastic. I think one, of my, one of my favorites from last spring when uh, the new what TV shows were being renewed and what were being canceled and all was being announced. She tweeted, uh, if your favorite NBC show just got canceled, console yourself with the thought of how much more time you'll have for sex. I'm just, she's just so delightful and fun and uh, enjoyable and positive. She's just so positive um, and, and warm and friendly. Um, so my favorite celebrity Twitter is Dr. Ruth. And my favorite Twitter anecdote is uh, the story of, I'm trying to find the story online um, because the account itself no longer exists. But I have mentioned sports writer John Boy, mm -hmm. John Bois before. Um, and I believe in 20, late 2014, he performed an experiment where he wanted, he, his claim was that he intended to create the greatest, most user friendly, most like important sports Twitter account, sports news Twitter of all time. Um, and he would do that. He did this by creating an account. I believe it was called John's Friends and tweeting the password to everybody and, uh, letting everybody tweet the, the idea, at least he claims was to have everybody tweet the news that was important to them. Mm -hmm. They would be able, so it could become the, the Twitter that it needed to be. And okay. it would be an experiment of watching it grow. And, it went about how you probably expect it to go when a writer with a fairly decent-sized fan base creates a Twitter account and leaves it unlocked and gives it to give the password to everybody. <laughs> um, and there is a really fantastic uh, accounting of the adventure um, on SBNation.com. And uh, I'm... I will definitely post the link in the show notes. That would probably be my favorite Twitter incident of of 2014. Okay. <laughs> I like John's it. Friends Twitter. It was hilarious and sad in an internet way <laughs> and absolutely 
hysterically funny you will be crying with laughter <laughs> um let me see um, yes i'm reading it now what's what's the name of that one uh let's see the article i don't believe the account exists oh, anymore okay. the article is called nothing gold can stay in pursuit <laughs> of the best sports account on twitter okay um and uh yeah, it was, he just opened it up in the, for the public, and I believe within something like 20 minutes, it had all gone to hell. Something like half an hour, an hour tops. It was, it was a mistake. It was, it, uh, yeah, within an hour, it, it had to be, he had to pull the plug on it. Um, <laughs> so yes, amazing. read that adventure. The Twitter adventure. Yes. Nothing gold can stay. Oh, pony boy. Um, I, my, my favorite Twitter inter interaction of 2014 was actually, um, Roxanne Gay, bringing it back to her again. She is kind of obsessed with, um, Ina Garten, um, of huh. the, cool. Well, I the don't barefoot, know if call her a chef. Contessa. Yeah, the Barefoot Contessa. Yeah, um, she's, yeah. she's writing a book. Roxanne Gay is writing a book and she started watching Ina Garten every day and, um, just, she has a lot of really great things to say about Ina Garten, especially how um, she just owns her like confidence. Mm. Um, everything is, yeah. isn't that great? Isn't that the best? Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, it's the best thing I've ever made or tasted or eaten or yeah. fed to my husband. Um, it's a really positive, really great show. And the best Twitter interaction nice. was Ina Garten actually tweeted back to Roxanne Gay. Um, and it was one of those things. Oh, where that's great. It has nothing to do with you personally, but you're so excited to see that interaction that, you know, is going to thrill somebody else. Um, that was my favorite of the whole year. <laughs> it was just so nice. That's like, great. Because you always hope, like, when you really like somebody on Twitter and you, you know, do you say something to them and you get a reply back and you're thrilled for yourself, it's always really nice to see that for other people as well. Yes. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Those positive Twitter interactions with people you admire are just always so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good roundup for 2014. Yeah, the the music's playing. Yeah, they're going to get all, us off the stage here in a minute. We got to go to the after party. So many yeah. after parties and I'm done with my champagne. So you got to, you got to return, you got to return Sean Bean to me. So <laughs> Okay. I got to return all my gotta jewels. Return single too. B dad. Yes. Me and single B dad have to go home and uh, make sure, make sure my, my future stepdaughter hasn't <laughs> trashed the house in the meantime. There's going to be honey everywhere. Everywhere. Just, everywhere. What a mess. Such a mess. Ugh. All right. Um, so that, so that, that's our entire, I think the entire show was our Rex list for, for this week. I think it was. So go look at all that stuff we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. For our recommendations this week, hit rewind and go back to the yes. start of the episode. And feel free to tell us what gown you would be wearing to the Bossies award show the Bossy Britches Awards show. Um, you can uh, get in touch with us at Twitter on Twitter at uh, Real Bossy Britches. Um, you can find us online at britchespodcast.com. And uh, as always, you can find this podcast on iTunes where you can like and uh, rate and review us. And please do. That would be fantastic. Um, and we're also on Facebook as Britches Podcast, Bossy Britches, I think Bossy something Britches like that. Podcast. Just Bossy. We haven't Britches. figured the we're, Facebook thing out yet. Still, we're we're still working, <laughs> we're working on, on that. it. 
We're we're working on that. It's there, but the book of faces. I I yeah. can never remember my password, so I'm rarely on the book of faces. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Jules Has Tweets, and you can find Lisa at OC Fairer. And what's your website, Lisa? It's lisashenninger.com. Excellent. You can check her out and talk to her some more on her uh, review of Jupiter Ascending. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can come talk to me on Twitter about it, too, because uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about it as well. Uh, And, yeah, so you should talk to us about your picks for 2014, if there's anything we missed, if there's anything you want to fight us over, if you want to be Kanye have your Kanye moment for our awards if we neglected the best uh, thing of all time. Um, And if you want to, again, tell us about your outfits that you're going to wear to next year's awards show, because uh, we got to, got to give that some thought. Who's going to be best dressed and uh, we'll see you next week.